Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Right. 
Let's go to Book of Luke, Luke 14. And today you are going to get two sermons. Ha ha! And everybody's like, oh no! Six hours, eight hours. Well, hopefully not long, not that long. Hang tight, hang tight. But uh, I believe both of them will be rather short and concise. For the record, today's date is July the twenty-first, two thousand eighteen A.D. In the year of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but in God's calendar, it is the eighth day of the fourth month. Eighth day of the fourth month, July 21st. For the first sermonette or miniature sermon, sermonette, miniature sermon is Luke 14, verse 26 and 27. Luke 14, verse 26. And if anyone, 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 no exception, comes to me and is not willing to forsake his own dad and mom and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. These are the words of Jesus Christ. These are the words of God Almighty. This is true scripture. It has never been inserted. This has not been inserted. This is true scripture. There is no debate about that. There is no doubt about that. These are the words of the same one and only God that spoke the Ten Commandments. Amen. And Jesus does not contradict himself. The Bible says very clearly that there is no darkness in him, there is no variedness, no no shadow in him, there's no evil in him. He doesn't lie against himself. Amen. He doesn't contradict himself. Amen. So what he said in Exodus 20 and the Ten Commandments to honor your father and your mother is not in any way shape or form contradictory to what the same almighty Alpha and Omega said in the book of Luke. No contradiction. Honor your father and your mother, what does that mean? It means say yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. It means to obey the house rules. Amen. Take your shoes off at the door, whatever. Do your chores. Be to bed at a certain time. Do your schoolwork. Change your underwear. Obey the house rules. Amen. But what if the house rule was you must do Christmas or Easter or Halloween? Of course, 
you would have to disobey your parents. Amen? Amen. Is that true or not true? Amen. If you're dead, even if you are under age, amen, and your dad says, I am going to spank you and whoop you and turn your butt red if you do not participate in Christmas. What must you do? You're under age? You're only 12 years old? You're only 10 years old, but you know the truth? Jesus himself has given you eyesight into the truth, the difference between sin and righteousness, the commandments, what is right, what is wrong. Would you obey your fleshly father or the almighty father? Which one would you obey? Amen. We know that the scriptures say that we are to obey all the laws of mankind, even the wicked king. What it says. But yet, if the wicked king was to tell you to deny Christ Jesus, would you do it? Of course not. Amen. Amen. So again, we must follow the spirit of the law. Amen. The spirit of the law about obeying even the wicked king is that even the wicked king has common sense to enact certain laws to protect the population and to protect the kingdom. Amen. But when those laws go against God's laws, even the scripture says that we must obey God and not man. It actually says that. But that's not a contradiction, is it? When it says in one verse to obey the laws of man, even the governor, even the wicked king, even when he is unjust, it says that in one place, but yet in another place, it says to obey God's laws and not man's. Contradictory? No. You have to balance it out and ask, what is the spirit of the law in both cases? And in both cases, the spirit of the law is to do right and not wrong. Amen? Put God first. Amen? What's the spirit of the law of the Ten Commandments? is to love God and to love God first. That's why the first commandment is, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. First commandment of all. There's a reason why that's the first commandment. Out of all ten. Amen. There's a reason why the first four commandments, not only the first one, but the second and the third and the fourth, all first of the four, is how to love God. Amen. And why that the final six, the last six commandments, is how to love mankind. Amen. So the spirit of the law of honor your parents is to love mankind, to love your parents. Amen. 
That is the spirit of the law. I have never told that you should hate your parents, have I? Sister Kiki is my witness. Sister Brittany is my witness. Brother AJ is my witness. And Brother Michael is my witness. And Jesus is my greatest witness. I have never, ever, ever taught to hate your parents. Amen. But the Bible does say here in this verse and in other verses, I'm not going by one verse theology, this verse and other verses say that we should be willing to forsake anyone, anyone, even your wife, even your mommy, even your daddy, even your brothers, even your sisters. It makes no exception. It says so right here in black and white or in red print. Why do you refuse to believe what the Bible says? Amen? Why do you refuse to believe the Bible? And why do you want to put one verse over and above all the other verses of the entire Bible? That's what Babylon does. Amen? Amen? Babylon picks and chooses which verses they choose to believe. Amen? Babylon is the one that will twist and distort Holy Scripture. Amen. When you take the Ten Commandments to validate lifting up your mother higher than Jesus, even though she worships devils, demons, in the same house that you sleep in, who do you honor? You do not honor Jesus. You do not honor God, so you choose to honor your mother, flesh and blood, wickedness, and in so doing so, honor demons higher than Jesus. You choose, and you have chosen death. Amen. You have rejected the scriptures while proclaiming a false accusation against God's apostle to say, that my commands of you to repent are outside and above Scripture, and you have lied through your stinking teeth, Lisa. Amen? You are of the devil, and I will call your name out, Lisa, as evil in this congregation as the Bible tells me to do so. It says to do this, and I do it as under the commandment of the Holy Scriptures, within the Scriptures, and not over and above the Scriptures, as you have falsely accused me of. Amen? If you are not willing to forsake your mom, you are not worthy of the kingdom or of this congregation. That's why the Bible Clearly, clearly, clearly teaches. Amen. And every member of this congregation, without exception, backs me up on this because it is a Bible. Amen. Amen. 
Now we could go to other verses to continue to validate this. But yet I have already taught and read and you have read those other verses in Matthew 10 and Matthew 19 and other places over and over and over and over. So why have you rejected those verses over and over and over and over? Amen? Now let's go to the book of law in Deuteronomy 22 to the next subject. In Deuteronomy 22, where it expressly forbids a woman to wear men's clothing. Deuteronomy 22. So where, where, I ask, have I asked or commanded or required anything outside of Scripture and above Scripture? Where and when? Deuteronomy 22. Verse 5. Deuteronomy 22, verse 5. The apparel, the clothing of a man. That's a man's shirt, man's pants, man underwears, amen, shall not be on a woman. Neither shall a man put on a woman's dress. For everyone that does these things is an abomination to Jesus, your theos. Abomination. Not every sin in the Bible is listed as an abomination. Not every sin. Adultery and witchcraft, those things are listed as an abomination. Homosexuality, which includes being a lesbian and looking like a lesbian acting like a lesbian, working like a lesbian, dressing like a lesbian. All these things are abomination to Jesus. And if they are abomination to Jesus, then they are also abomination to me. Amen. Why would anyone in their right mind, and why would anyone with the Holy Ghost, say that I have no right to judge a person about wearing the clothes of the opposite gender if they have read this Holy Bible. I have no right to judge that. As an apostle of Jesus Christ, as a pastor, as your pastor, I have no right at all to judge your sin, your wickedness, your abomination to Jesus. No right. And this is outside scripture and above scripture. And this is impossible to obey. You said that everything that I required, everything that I said, everything that I asked, everything that I commanded, everything is impossible for you to do. So it's impossible for you to take off the man's shirt and put on a woman's blouse? Impossible. Okay. Impossible. Okay the insanity that I have to deal with. Acts 19. Look at Acts 19, the subject of rebaptism. Do I have the right to judge anybody's baptism? Acts 19, verse 1 through 5. 
Acts 19, verse 1 through 5. It happened that while this person named Apollos was at Corinth, the town of Corinth, that Apollos passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believed? And they said to him, No, we have not even heard whether there is a Holy Ghost, which proves there is a difference between Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost, because these were disciples, and they believed. Amen. Do you really, 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 really think that somebody believed in God and were called disciples that they, they didn't know there was a Holy Spirit? Makes no sense at all. But they had not heard about the Holy Ghost. Amen. In verse 3, he said, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. They had even been baptized. Now, it's talking about the baptism of John the baptizer. We have no scripture, no scripture where it specifically says that John the apostle baptized anyone. No scripture says that John the apostle baptized people, even though we know that he did because he was one of the disciples he was one of the main disciples, and he was the best buddy of Jesus. So we know he baptized people, but we have no particular specific scripture that specifically mentions John the Apostle baptizing people, except for only in a group where it says the disciples were baptizing people. But we do have specific scriptures of John the baptizer baptizing people. And in the context of what it's saying, it's very, very, very clear that it's talking about the baptism of John the baptizer. Amen. Because John the apostle, if he had baptized, which he did, people, that would be no need for a person to get rebaptized because John was a disciple of Jesus Christ, was in that inner circle of Jesus, was Jesus' best friend, and his baptism would have been true. Amen. But John the baptizer, even though he had the Holy Spirit and was a true believer and was a true man of God and a true prophet and a true minister and truly called and truly ordained of God, but he didn't have the Holy Ghost. Amen. He did not have the Holy Ghost. Because that was, he did his ministry, John the baptizer did his ministry before Jesus and up until Jesus started his ministry. Jesus was active in the business of God all of his life, but he did not actually start his ministry until he was in his 30s or 40s. Everybody would say 30s but there is a debate that he may have even lived into his 40s. That's only a debate, and it doesn't really matter whether it's true or not. The point is he waited until his maturity level as a human, even though he was always mature as God. But he waited to his maturity level as a fully grown male, as a man of the age of uh, 
of wisdom and maturity before he started his ministry. But as soon as he started his ministry, John the baptizer ceased. And the Bible is clear about that. The Bible is clear that John the baptizer's ministry was until Jesus began his ministry. So that was a, a time split, a split of time eras between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant right there. A split of time, law and how and when and of who to get baptized through. Now, even though John the baptizer was a true man of God and truly did baptize people, it was not for salvation. It was only for repentance. And without the Holy Ghost, you cannot have salvation. Without the blood of Jesus Christ, you cannot have salvation. There was no blood of Jesus crucified until the body of Christ was crucified. So here, Paul is acknowledging that even though these people had gotten baptized by a true man of God, Paul was judging their baptism, was he not? Amen. He was judging their baptism. He very clearly told them because it does say in the next verse, verse 4, Paulo said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him, Jesus, who was coming after him. That is in Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they had already been baptized through John, and now they got rebaptized but in Jesus, through Paul. Amen. And it's very clearly obvious that it took more than this one sentence because Paul would have had to explain to them what this means and why they must be get rebaptized. This just because it has only one sentence of what Paul said doesn't mean, does not mean that that's the only sentence he said that came out of his mouth. It wouldn't even make sense. Amen. The Bible even says that not everything was written down. If everything was written down, if every word, every action, everything was written down, we'd have much more than five volumes. We would have five billion volumes of the Bible. Amen. So not everything was written down what he said. It's clear that he would have continued to teach and explain what he was talking about and why they had to get rebaptized. Amen. He did judge their baptism. Amen. Just as I also have a right, when somebody comes to me and they've been baptized in the wickedness of Babylon by a minister that believes in a three-headed God monster, by a Babylonian, demonic, satanic minister that keeps Christmas and Easter and Halloween, why would I not have a right to judge such a baptism? Why would I not have that right? As a minister of God, just like Paul. Amen? The Bible is clear on this. And if they had to be re-baptized, even if they were baptized by a true minister of God, how much more so shall we also be re-baptized after we had been baptized by a person who is not even qualified to baptize people, a person who worships a three-headed God monster. 
or who keeps Christmas or Easter or Halloween, either one of those, or believe in the pre-trib rapture or any of the other demonic teachings of Babylon. Why would we not get rebaptized? Amen? How much more so would we need to be rebaptized? Amen? And more. Just read the Bible. Amen? Everything I have asked and required of Lisa is in the Bible. Everything, without exception. Keeping the fiestas is a commandment, not a suggestion. How is that impossible when I told you to keep your money, never send me money again, and that would pay. You take that amount of money per month, add, uh, multiply it by 12 months in a year. How is that not enough money to come here three times a year? How is that impossible? I have asked absolutely nothing that is impossible. Amen. And this whole congregation stands in unity and agreement in the Holy Ghost and in the Holy Scriptures, which you have rejected outright and made your own decision. So be it, you're cast out of this congregation in public and in the eyes of this congregation and in the eyes of Jesus by the power of the Holy Ghost invested in me. Lisa, his here for, therefore, in front of the church, this fellowship and shunned in the name of Jesus until she repents. And it is our prayer and our desire and the desire and will of the Father that Lisa repent. We love her. We do love you, Lisa. But your wickedness we despise. Amen. And God himself has spoken on this at least three times, at least three times since this occurred. God himself has spoken on this. Would you argue with God? You know the power of God in this ministry. You know how powerfully God speaks to me. And you reject even that. Amen? This is enough of this. We will now move forward. Amen? But I'll say one last thing. She asked me to not criticize, which means don't judge her and don't judge anyone, don't judge sin and don't judge sinners and don't judge wickedness and don't judge evil and don't judge demons and don't judge any wickedness. That's what that means when she said do not criticize. It means stop judging her sin. Amen? Isn't that what that means? Everybody in this ministry agrees. Amen. Something else I was going to say, but I'll let it go. Because we want to move forward. Amen? Oh, yeah, I know what it was now. She also wanted me to get out of the very basic elementary things. But yet, she did not even understand the most basic of the first commandment, have no other gods before me, and her mom is a god to her. 
she doesn't understand the basics, elementary things, and yet wants me to not speak of the basic elementary things. In other words, interpretation, don't teach me the scriptures and stop judging my sin because I want to sin in peace. And what she calls a guide to how I should preach, amen, a guide of how I should preach, no thank you. No thank you. I don't need a woman who dresses like a man to dictate how I preach. Amen? Clean up your own life first. And a woman has no role in trying to dictate or even guide or even suggest how a male elder pastor should preach. No role. Amen. Find your place. Amen. Find your place. Amen. All right. Nothing. Now let's get on for a message for the true people of God. Amen. Let's go to the book of Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6. And let this be a warning to anyone and everyone who refuses to disfellowship from family or friends who have repeatedly tread underfoot the word of God and rejected the truth. As I said recently, I may not have any congregation left by the time it's over. And if I stand alone with Jesus at the judgment day, then so be it. Let it be a warning to anyone and everyone that continues and continues to not disfellowship from Karen and other people who have tread underfoot the word of God. Anyone in my life and everyone in my life is capable of being disfellowship from me and my life. Anyone and everyone is capable of being disfellowship from this congregation and from my life. Amen. I rejected my own dad, my mom, my brother, my cousin, my nephew, other people. I will reject anyone who does not reject these sinners who call themselves Christians and are not Christians. They are your enemies. And if something does not change, I will change something. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, verse 25. For this reason I say to you, 
Do not be overly anxious about your life, what you would eat or what you would drink, nor for your body, what you would put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? Or who of you, by being worried, can add an hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe, observe how the lilies of the field grow, that they do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. Not even Solomon did. But if Theos so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, but yet tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will you not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear for clothing. For the Gentiles, meaning the lost people, eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Amen. Not just his kingdom, but also his righteousness. Seek first. For all these things and in all these things, will be added to you. Now, it doesn't say that you're going to be rich or that you're going to have tons of clothing and food and money and houses and cars, but rather the spirit of it, the spiritual principle of it is that your needs will be met. Amen. If you meet the condition of pursuing the righteousness of God and his kingdom first, above all those things, Above money, jobs, careers, houses, family, friends, land, this and that. And it's also not saying that you should be careless. It's not saying that you don't need a budget or you shouldn't care or that you shouldn't buy clothes or that you don't need clothes or this or this. But, you know, it's not saying to be careless, completely irresponsible. But rather the spirit of it is do not be overly anxious. Do not be overly worried. Don't be distressed buy these things and don't pursue those things first. Amen. That's the spirit of it. But what I want to help you to get from this today is put God first in everything. And if it is everything, then that includes not only what you think about, what you worry about, what you think on, and what you focus on, but also putting God first in every area of your life. That would include friendship, who you honor the most, who you spend time with, what you think about. But it also means, of course, finances, tithes, and stuff like that. But it also means even your time. Amen? What you think about, what you focus on, how much time you spend worrying, how much time you spend distressed, how much time you spend pursuing careers and finances and money, and how much time you spend on God. Putting God first in every area of your life. Putting him first in all things. So in this sermon today, I'm talking about 
spending more time with God. Spending more time with God. Time for God. And I like to even look at it today as a tithe. A tithe of your time. Now, there is no scripture, no scripture, that dictates or commands that you should tithe your time. It, it just doesn't exist. Specifically, in ABC, you must do it like this. But again, we must learn how to apply the spirit of the law. Amen. God's will for our life. We do know that the scripture over and over and over and over again does tell us to put God first in all things. And if we put God first in all things, that would include even our time. It absolutely would. It doesn't have to say it in ABC. It's just common sense. So a tide of 24 hours would come out to two hours and 24 minutes a day. Out of a 24-hour day, two hours and 24 minutes. A little bit less than two and a half hours. Now, what would a tide of your time be spent on for two and a half hours a day? And some people may think, two and a half hours? I cannot do that. I ain't got time for that. But nobody's saying, the Bible doesn't say, and I'm not saying, that all two and a half hours must be spent all at one sitting. I'm not saying that. All in one sitting, all at one time? No. But I'm saying if you were to add up via all the different time of your day, from the time you wake up, your prayer that morning, and then your prayer later in the day, your dedicated prayer and your dedicated prayer at night, how much time you read the Bible, study the Bible, spend on the ministry, spend on the Bible, spend on God, worship God, any of these things and more, that time that you spend for God for that day, I believe it should be added up to this amount of time or more. Amen. I believe that that would be an excellent thing to do, even if the Bible does not expressly ABC command it, but should we need such a command? No, we shouldn't need such a command. We should be wanting to, desiring within the righteousness of God to spend time with God. And if our prayers are more than just 30 seconds, more than just a minute or two or five minutes, if we are the true followers of God, I don't think it would be difficult at all to meet two and a half hours a day if you add up your morning prayer, your nighttime prayer, your Bible reading, and worship and other time you spend with God. I don't think it would be hard to meet this goal. And we don't have to have a commandment to want to spend time with God. Amen. Let's look at some other scriptures. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Page 194, 
Ephesians 5, verse 14 through 17. Verse 14 to 17. Ephesians 5, verse 14. For this reason, he says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Again, it's not talking about literally dead. Think spiritual. Please, please think spiritual. Awake, sleeper. Awake those that are spiritually asleep, spiritually dead. Wake up, and Christ will shine on you. So it's basically saying, come to the light, the truth. And see the world the way it really is and see people for the way they really are. Amen. People in, in churches and religions, see them for what they really are and wake up. And verse 15, therefore be careful how you walk. It doesn't mean you, you have to obey a speed limit, right? But be careful how you live. Not as unwise men, but as wise. Making the most of your time. There you go. Underline that. Making the most of your time. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. Amen? The days are evil. And man, it is more evil now. I think that even in the days of Solomon and Galore, and perhaps even more evil than in the days of Noah, and God destroyed the whole world. It is so sickening, the wickedness in this world. I do not understand why people want this world to continue. This is a sickening, miserable, evil, wicked world. I think that every one of us need to beg for the end of the world to come. This world is so extremely filthy, spiritually, wicked, abomination unto the Lord, and it should be distressing us. It should be distressing us. It should be aggravating us. It should be frustrating us. It should be making us angry. A lot of people think I'm in the wrong for getting angry. I preach with anger sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. And I think I am wrong for this because I hate sin. Amen. How is that wrong? Even Jesus did get angry in the house of God even overthrew tables, chairs, and tight whips to chase people out of the temple. Oh, but he never condemned anyone, did he? Never condemned, never judged. Oh, he was always, I just want to kiss your feet all the time. That's their ideal of Jesus. That's the Babylonian Jesus, the fake Jesus, the Antichrist. Amen.
But it says here that we are to make the most of our time. And how would we make the most of our time? Do we make the most of our time playing poker? No, that wouldn't be making the most of our time. Um, playing tennis? Now, I love playing tennis. I love it. Bowling? I love bowling. Going to Gatlinburg? I would love to go to Gatlinburg. But this is not what it means, right? Hey, I want to do all those things before the summer is over with. But that's not what the Bible means because we've got to think spiritual, right? So spiritually, what is Paul telling the church at Ephesus to do about making the most of your time? Putting God first. Spending time with God. Working for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Getting the truth out there to the dark world. Being a light shining in this extreme darkness. And as this world becomes darker and darker, shouldn't we? start shining brighter and brighter. And if they are getting more and more dark and wicked and we're becoming brighter and brighter in Jesus Christ, isn't there going to be a war? Absolutely. Isn't there going to be a contrast that causes friction? Absolutely. If they're getting more and more wicked and you're becoming more and more righteous, how can you avoid this fellowship? How can you avoid it? You can't. How can you avoid this fellowship from every Catholic and Lutheran person in your life? How can you avoid it? You can't if you really want to put God first. If you really, really are a true follower of God and you really have the Holy Ghost and you're really saved and you really are increasing in the righteousness of God and the measure of the Holy Ghost as you should be, there is going to be friction. There is going to be disfellowship. And if you refuse to disfellowship from the darkness, there's something wrong with you. You're either not saved or you're stagnant and about to lose the salvation. You either already lost it or about to lose it. Amen. We should be growing in the light of God, not staying in the same measure. Amen. Growing in the light of God every year, every year, growing in the light of God and in his righteousness and in spiritual measure of his Holy Ghost. Amen. We need to make the most of our time. And that includes setting priorities of what we do of our time. I want to go bowling, play tennis, a bunch of other stuff, go to Gatlinburg, but I also must be spending at least two and a half hours of my time every day with God in prayer and reading the Bible, studying the Bible, or ministry work of some kind. Because if I'm not, how can I say that I'm putting God first in everything? How can I say it? I think I would be a liar if I'm not, if I'm not spending two and a half hours with God. He lives with us, and if you live with somebody, how do you not pay attention to them? You live with someone, you, you never talk to them, never pat them on the back, never 
never pay any attention to them, what kind of relationship is that? Amen. What kind of marriage is that? What kind of relationship is that? Is that? So, how much more should we be talking to and spending time with God who is with us 24-7? 24-7, never leaves our side. How much more should we spend time with him and actually acknowledge his presence? Amen. The days are evil. We need to be make the most of our time. The best way you can make the most of your time is to spend it with God. There's no greater way. Look at Romans 13. Romans 13. Page 163. Romans 13, verse 11 and 12. Romans 13, verse 11 and 12. Do this, knowing the time, that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now, salvation is nearer, more near to us than when we believed. Amen. Meaning, first belief. Amen. I like to get a vote on that about rather... Rather, anybody, everybody thinks Romans 13, verse 11 is nearer correct. Or should we at least retranslate it as more near? More near or maybe closer. Closer is a better word. Closer is a better word. Just go ahead and change it to closer. That's better. Well, now salvation is closer to us than when we believe, first believe. I mean, I need to also add first before believe. We'll put first in my parentheses. That's what it's talking about. First believed. Make better sense here. Now, we're already saved, hopefully. Amen. But what it's saying is your salvation is not complete. Amen. Until you get turned into spirits. Amen. And that day that we're going to be turned to spirit at the resurrection to awaken from the dead, that would be our day of salvation, even though we're saved in this life as well. But we got to wake up spiritually before we can awaken in the resurrection. Amen. Knowing the time, that's already the hour for you to awaken. Amen. Verse 12, the night is almost gone. And the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Amen. And if we're laying aside the works of darkness, even though it says works of darkness, wouldn't it also make sense also to lay aside the workers of darkness? Amen. 
The Bible says that bad company corrupts manners. Amen. It says what fellowship does light have with darkness? Amen. We have no business being good friends with wicked people, people who have tread foot underfoot the word of God. No business being close friends with people who tread underfoot the word of God. If we're laying aside works of darkness, we also need to lay aside workers of darkness. That includes anybody that's going to the Catholic Church every Sunday. It includes anybody that's going to the Lutheran Church every Sunday. It includes anybody that's going to the Baptist Church every Sunday. If they're doing these things, we have no business hanging out with them or calling them close friends. Now, I've got friends who are not close friends. Who are sinners, wicked people in the world? They might go to this church and that church, stuff like that, or not go to any church at all. Alcoholics, drug heads, all these things. I'm not saying you've got to come completely out of the world. As the Bible says, you cannot take them completely out of the world. Even Jesus prayed to the measure of the Holy Spirit in heaven. I pray not that you take them out of the world, but that you would keep them, keep them from the evil one. So it's not, even Paul said, not that I want you to come completely out of the world, but the friends that I'm talking about that I have, they are not my close friends because they're sinners, amen? They're sinners, so they are not my close friends. I like them, I love them, I pray for them, they're welcome here, they are my friends. But they do not tread underfoot the word of God and say that this is evil, that this is wrong. They don't punch me back when I witness to them. They do not condemn me when I witness to them. They do not blaspheme me, the Holy Ghost, when I witness to them. Amen. Because if they did such things, they would not be welcome here anymore. Amen. I would no longer call them friends. Amen. When they start talking back, amen, as long as they listen, hey, that's okay. That's the kind of sinners Jesus hung out with, those that listened and kept their mouth shut. Amen. That's the only kind of sinners Jesus hung out with. Amen. Only those that would not talk back against him. Amen. But once they start talking back against the word of God, that's when you kick them out the door. Amen? The door of your life. Now, it says here in verse 12, the night is almost gone and the day is near. Talking about the day of Jesus is almost near. Now, Paul thought, it was the end of the world. He did. He thought that Jesus was going to come back very soon. That's why he said, the night is almost gone and the day is near, the day of Jesus, the day of salvation, the day of their resurrection. He thought it would happen in his lifetime. Amen. Or else he wouldn't say these. This is very clearly the language of a true man of God who had the mindset of repentance now because it could happen any time. Amen. 
And we need to keep and maintain that same mindset. It could be 20 years from now. But we need to have the mindset that today, while it is still day, and before the night of the tribulation comes, I'm going to work as if that day is at the horizon. As if that night, I mean, is at the horizon. As if my time frame, my time opportunity to get the truth out there to the people is short and limited. I tell you, the older you get, the faster time goes. Amen? When you're a kid, day the day lasts all day long. A year lasts forever when you're a kid. But the older you get, the shorter every day is, the shorter every week is, the shorter every month, the shorter every year. Seems like time just flies. Amen. The older you get, the more it seems like time flies. I tell you, this summer is almost over with. The winter is near here in this hemisphere. Sister Kiki, don't worry, because that cold weather is also almost done with in your hemisphere, and it'll be summer for you soon. Amen. Weeping endures only for a night, and joy comes in the morning. Amen. We need to be working as if the whole world could change tomorrow be making the most of our time of exposing the wickedness, speaking out against sin in our families, speaking out against sin in our community, in our society, in television, in politics, in churches, in denominations, speaking out against sin. What's wrong with criticizing sin? What's wrong with that? Amen. John the Baptizer did it. Jesus did do that. Paul did do that. Amen. And I'd like to give you a few more examples of what you could do with your time other than praying and reading the Bible. You can also spend time reviewing the sermon notes. Worshiping God with worship music, which is extremely important, extremely important to spend time in worship during the week with worship music. So vital, urgent, and important. You could also spend time memorizing some Bible verses. A good way of doing that is buy you some index cards. Here in America, you can get them at Dollar Tree. And on each index card, write a Bible verse or a Bible paragraph. And do that on each card of all the major verses that you want to memorize, verses that are key and vital to witnessing about the truth, as well as verses that are encouraging and uplifting to you. Amen. As well as verses that help you to be spotless and sin free in that. Then after you write all those verses out on these index cards, 
we could spend time during the week reviewing these cards and memorizing these verses, memorizing where they are in the Bible. This is a good way of spending time. And visiting the sick, visiting people in jail or prison to give them a Bible or to read the Bible to them or just witness to them, give them a flyer if possible, witness to them about the truth. A lot of people who do not claim to be saved, they are the most willing to listen to the truth. So jails is a pretty good place then. And distributing flyers in your neighborhood. On the side of drink machines, taping up the flyers on the side of a drink machine, putting them on people's cars, newspaper boxes, stuff like that, different places, uh, put, uh, put them in the laundromat, so wherever, clothes and the boards, wherever you can find a place to distribute the flyers. I really believe in these flyers as excellent seeds of truth. I really believe in these flyers. And I really encourage people to be distributing these. It is your way of getting the truth, planting seeds in your local community. And any time that you travel into another town or another state, be distributing these seeds along the highway, as the Bible says. Posting links to the ministry on Twitter, Facebook, or any kind of website like Kiki does. Any kind of website that has a comment section. Post a link to the website. Tell people. You know, you can go to a lot of these uh, websites that give the news. A lot of the news websites has a comment section. If they're talking about Russia, give the link about the Russian-Chinese war. Amen. Whatever they're talking about, think what article on the website is the most related to the topic that the article is talking about. You can do this even on uh, men's websites and exercise websites and, and women's issues and all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of topics on the ministry website, amen. You can even look for websites that are, have, or an article on the internet that has a similar topic and have a comment section. Be careful not to be caught up in arguments. It's just a waste of your time. Don't get caught up in arguments. Do not check for replies. Amen. Don't even check about the replies. It's just a waste of your time to argue with people. Plant the seed and move on. Amen. Plant another seed in another location and move on. Amen. Don't waste time with people that are rejecting the truth. Why would you spend any time on somebody that's rejecting the truth? Don't spend time Witnessing to family and friends, emailing them, mailing them the flyers. It is our responsibility to witness to every member of our family. Because where else are they going to hear the truth? Nowhere else. So you can email them the links or or copy and paste an article into an email or print it out, send it to them in the mail. We're responsible for the witnessing to our own families, every one of us. And if we want the whole world to learn the truth, why wouldn't we want our own family to learn the truth? Why wouldn't we want our family to learn the truth? Amen. You may think they're not going to accept it, 
because you know the way that they think. But I think it's wrong, and I think it's a sin, when we automatically assume that somebody is not going to repent. Never, ever, ever assume, absolutely 100% for sure, they're not going to repent. Don't assume that. Give them the chance. Amen? Give them the opportunity to say yes or no. And leave the choice up to them. And it's not your job to convince them or to prove it to them. They've got to prove it to themselves. The Bible says prove all things. That doesn't mean prove it to the world. It means prove it to yourself. All you got to do is plant a seed, drop the seed, and move on. And whether it's family or friends or a stranger, drop the seed and move on. Don't argue with them. If they reject it, Reject them. That's what the Bible says. Amen. The Bible says go into any town, any village, any house. And if they do not receive your word, then remove your blessing, remove your peace, which means disfellowship from them. Removing your peace and removing your blessing, that means disfellowship. And it says to leave that house, and it says to shake the dust off your feet. Amen. So the Bible never, ever tells us that we have to prove these things to the world. You give them a seed and let them, if they are interested in it, if they eat that seed, if they like the taste of that seed and want more, then they can come to the website or to you. And if they come in sincerity asking sincere questions, a desire appetite for the truth, then yes, feed them more truth. But if they throw up on you, stop feeding them the truth. Amen. If they vomit, if they throw up, if they spit out the word of God and spit in your face and condemn you, and all this only spiritually speaking, not literally, but spiritually speaking, they spit in your face and they condemn you for sharing the truth with them, they're not worthy of your friendship. They are not worthy to be called mother or father or brother. Even Jesus, even though he had a wonderful mother, he said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? He that doeth the will of my father, he is my mother. He is my brother. That is the words of Jesus Christ himself. Flesh and blood is nothing. But people treat flesh and blood higher than God and honor them higher than they do God. And people do the same thing to their friends and their boyfriends and their girlfriends and their husbands and their wives and everybody else. But what about honoring God? That's the first commandment. The first, everybody, you know, we're focused so much on the Sabbath day and this and this commandment, the holy days and the Sabbath day. What about the first commandment? Amen. How many times have I said that you can be baptized, keep the seventh day and the holy days, and know the truth, and you can even own a copy of the Alpha Omega Bible. That doesn't mean that you're saved. First commandment is to put God first. To have no other gods. That means put God first. Amen. Above any human. 
anything, any situation, in all things. Amen. I don't think it's time to move on out of the basics. I don't think that it's time to move away from the basics because we don't have the basics in action. We can't move on until people obey the basics and the elementary things. Amen. Let's go to James 1, book of James, after the book of Hebrews. James is the flesh and blood brother to Jesus Christ. Pretty interesting to see what his brother wrote. Amen. James 1, verse 27, page 227. James 1, verse 27. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our Theos and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Amen. So it's not just helping people that's only one part of it, helping people, visiting orphans and widows and helping people. That's only one part of it. The other part of it is to keep yourself unstained, unspotted, unblemished, unwrinkled from the world. Amen? That means to not fellowship with darkness, not fellowship with people that worship with demons. Amen? Not fellowship with those people who tread underfoot the word of God. Be careful who you hang out with. Don't hang out with the type of sinners that are not listening to the Word of God or not obeying the Word of God and don't want the Word of God and spit out the Word of God and attack you for sharing the Word of God. Those are not the type of sinners that we need to be hanging out with. And those are not the type of sinners that Jesus hung out with. Amen. Keep yourself unspotted and unstained from the world. Amen. And so if we're spending the most of the time, most of our time, making the most of our time, and spending time with God, enough time with God, you may ask yourself, well, how do I visit orphans? How would I visit an orphanage? There may not be that opportunity in your particular town or your particular state. But there might be. And you could check into that if you wanted to, or nursing home or a hospital, or a prison, or a jail, about how to visit such people. It might take work. It might take effort. It might take you actually leaving your house. Amen. It might take uh, denying your time of uh, less important things. It might take up some of your time, some of your energy. Amen. I'm not against people helping you. Not against that. I'm all for it. I've preached it many times to help you. But when 
they are people who have outright spit in the face of God. They are not worthy of your time. Amen. So, yes, go visit the widows and the orphans and the people in prison and the sinners. But the very first time that they indicate to you that they don't want to hear it or condemn you for sharing it or make it clear they're not going to repent, move on. Amen. Move on down the street to another town, to another state, to a place where people will hear you out. Amen. But what I'd also like to introduce to you now is a way of spending your time of helping people of that need your help who are your true brothers and your true sisters. Amen. Now, the letter of the law in this verse says to visit this particular group of people, orphans and widows. But isn't the truth, isn't it the truth that the spirit of this same law, the spirit of this same commandment, of this same teaching of Paul or James, that the, the teaching is actually spiritually help people who are in need. That's what it's really saying. They don't have to be a work. They don't have to be a widow. But help people in need, that is the spirit of the law. And it could be somebody that's in need of uh, a big brother figure. You know, they do have big brother uh, organization and big, I hope, I think they would have, it seems like they would have a big sister uh, organization as well, I would think, hopefully. But people that need your time, people that need your attention or your help, either spiritually, mentally, emotionally, or physically, amen, people that want your help, people that appreciate your help, people that need your help, they don't have to be specifically orphans or widows. So I want and need to ask people that do live locally to help me because I am in need and I am your brother and I am in physical and spiritual and emotional need of brothers and sisters and help and assistance physically and spiritually right here. In a way, I am an orphan. In a way, I am a widow, a willower. And I need help. People that live locally have a special opportunity that people in Korea and Australia and Africa don't have. People that live locally are in a special situation where they can be active 
in ways that people in other nations cannot be. They can be right here in person, not only seeing me in person in the services, but what about after the services are done with? What about after Saturday is done with? What about after the Saturday and the weekend is done with? What about the rest of the week that I'm still alive and the ministry is still alive? Amen. So people locally have a special opportunity that should not be ignored and should not be missed or overlooked. Amen. There's lots of work that needs to be done right here in this ministry that reaches all across the world. This is an international ministry. This is not just the four walls of this building. And it's not just the four hours of this sermon. This ministry reaches all across the world. It's an international ministry that is reaching thousands of people. Just because we've only got a couple of people right here in person doesn't mean that it's not reaching thousands of people. It is reaching thousands of people. The majority of people, they take much, much, much longer to repent than what we do. But I'd like to encourage people to stop slapping people in the face and stumping people underfoot for being slower than we are in repentance. If they're if they are following the ministry, if they are reading the website, if they are contacting me for counsel and questions and so forth, let's pray for those people. Let's encourage those people. Amen. It's better than nothing. Hey, I would love to see every person possible repent in 30 seconds and be baptized in two hours' time. I know that's the ideal situation in the Bible. I know that's the will of God. But the reality is people have been Babylon in their Babylon and brainwashed all of their lives. And for some people, it's not going to happen in one day or one month. Some people need patience, and we are to be long-suffering with them. And the Bible does talk about being long-suffering with people. We can't just force everybody to do it in one day or one month. We've got to be patient with people. And we need to just calm down a little bit sometimes. Amen? Give them a chance. Give them an opportunity to listen, to learn, and to grow. Not everything is done in one day. Amen. The people locally have a special opportunity that should not be overlooked. There's a lot that can be done here in this ministry. I have got over 100 people from all over the world that have asked for literature from this ministry and they're going completely ignored. And I hate to say that publicly. That is such an embarrassment to say that. 
and ashamed to say that. But I say it so I can get the help, and I admit it and profess that shame publicly so I can get the help that I need. Over 100 people that have asked for the truth and are just completely being ignored because I don't have the time or the energy or the strength to do it all by myself. I know I'm supposed to be Superman, but even Superman himself sometimes get tied up in a chair and have to call for Wonder Woman or Batman or somebody. He's got to call for backup every now and then. Amen. So I just need some help from everybody that possibly can help. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5, and then we'll end here in a few minutes. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, verse 41. Matthew 5, verse 41. Whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him two. Go with him two miles. So basically the spirit of the law, the spirit of this teaching is somebody asks for help, not only fulfill that help, but do even more and even twice as much as what they have asked you to do. That's the spirit of this law, of this commandment, of this teaching of Jesus Christ. If somebody asks you to go one mile, go twice that amount with them to help them. Because the truth is, if they only ask you to go one mile, the truth is probably they really need for you to go two miles and they just don't want to ask. They just don't want to ask too much of you or whatever. But we are to fulfill the need. We are to fulfill the need, the true need of what is there and go over and beyond the call of duty. Amen? Ain't that also what he is saying? Go Beyond the call of duty, just like I've talked about tithes, a 10% tithe is for babies and for Babylon because a 10% is nothing. 10% on a dollar, 10, a dime on every dollar, or $10 on every $100 is nothing. It's a drop in a bucket. So a tithe is for weaklings. We should go beyond that because the Bible does teach both tithe and all friends, which means going above and beyond the commandment. Should we really be commanded to do everything? No, do we really need to be told and commanded to do everything? Does your brother have to command you to go two miles? No. No. We should see the need. We should see the need of the orphan. We should see the need of the widow. We should see the need of Pastor Tim, who his wife is disabled, bedridden a lot of times, and he has to do the vacuuming and the dusting and the trash and the watering of the plants, plus the ministry and all kinds of other stuff 
sees the need and meets the need without being commanded or even asked to do it, if you see. You know, when you're working at McDonald's or any restaurant or even even any type of a business or employment establishment, their expectation of you is that if you see that the floor needs sweat, sweep it. Don't wait for the manager to tell you to sweep it. If you see it needs sweat, sweep it. If you see it needs wiped down, if you see it needs cleaned, if you see a customer that needs attention, you're not, you don't have to wait for the manager to tell you and command you to do it. That's being responsible. That's being a good employee. That's being a good brother and a good member of the congregation and a good citizen of the kingdom. Amen. So there's a lot here to do, not, on, not only computer-wise and on the Internet and on the website, but so, so, so very much to do. And the work is never done. The work is never, ever, ever done. After one thing is done, there's going to be something else. I promise you, I guarantee you, there is something else after that project and after that project and after that project and after that project. This is an endless work. Amen. An endless work. I do not understand so-called ministers, so-called pastors that so-called retire. And so I'm going to retire. What? What does that mean? Just because you're 60 years old or 70 or 80 years old, you're going to retire from doing God's work. You call yourself a pastor. You call yourself a minister. It don't make sense to me. It's not even logical. How are you going to say you're going to retire on God? Are you called to do God's work or not? If you're called to do God's work, do it until you die. Amen? There's no such thing as retirement in the ministry. That's Babylonian, Babylonian insanity. Amen? Well, that's the conclusion of two sermons. Hope that you enjoyed getting chewed out and, and having your foot stumped on and your toes crushed today. I love you. <laughs> I love you. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't step on your toes. You know. But uh, I do need to give you a special announcement, very important announcement for everybody, is that the TalkShoe website that hosts uh, our sermons, they are reformatting their website, coming out with a brand-new website uh, on Monday evening. Monday afternoon, they're coming out with a brand-new website, so it's going to look different, feel different, and uh, it's going to be a lot different on the TalkShoe website starting Monday evening. And uh, give them time to get all that transitioned. I would recommend waiting till Tuesday, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, before you check out the website because it'll probably, you know, any new website and formatting is going to have peaks in it. It's going to have uh, some problems and bugs anytime that they come out, anybody comes out with a new website. Give them until Tuesday or Wednesday before you check it out on the new TalkShoe website, talkshoe.com, that hosts the sermons. 
Now, what that means for us also is starting next seventh day, there's going to be a brand new phone number to call into for people that listen over the telephone. So we will have to change that phone number there that we call into. And I will be updating the website uh, probably tomorrow about that phone number. And I'm not going to give it to you right now. I'll put it on the website probably tomorrow. Give me time. It may be Monday. But the new phone number is not active until next seventh day anyway, so no rush. And But even though it's going to be a new phone number, which I don't like, there's a plus to this because there's going to be a phone number for Australia and a phone number for America and phone number for different nations, a phone number for Canada and phone number for different regions. So that now, people that live in Australia, if you want to listen over the telephone rather than the internet, you will be able to without calling long distance. Uh, well, it might still be long distance according to uh, what phone number that is in Australia, you know, but it won't be calling to another nation. So it won't be international calling, although it might be a different phone number from your local town or local region in Australia. Same thing with other nations. So there's going to be an entire list of phone numbers that I'm going to add to the website. Okay, So I will be putting a whole list of phone numbers for different regions in the world that people can call in to listen over the telephone. So that's uh, additional options for people outside the United States that want to listen over the telephone without having to call an international number. Now, you'll still be able to listen on the website as far as TalkShoe.com as well, as well as SoundCloud for the uh, archives, okay? But we would no longer be able to have the TalkShoe uh, widget on the I Saw the Light Ministries website, which nobody's been using anyway, hardly. That's not anyway. Yeah. So, you know, on isawthelightministries.com, when you go to the page about services, how to listen to the services, you've got two widgets there. You've got a widget, which may be invisible to some people, might not even see it, uh, one for TalkShoe and one for SoundCloud. And the, word, the one for SoundCloud works really well, but you can't listen live. It's only for archive. And that one will stay on there, the, the SoundCloud widget. Uh, works really well and will remain on the website. But the TalkShoe widget, they are doing completely away with it, which, like me and Michael said, it wasn't no count anyway, and they're always using it anyway. So that's not a really big loss, especially since you have brand-new phone numbers for people in different nations. And they can still go to TalkShoe.com website as well. Plus, an improvement on TalkShoe.com website Right now, it requires uh, a plug-in, Adobe Flash capability, capability on your phone or computer. But starting Monday, it will no longer require uh, Adobe Flash plug-in. So it's going to work on more computers, more phones, work faster and better. It's supposed to be faster, better website, and faster, better, more clear, more accurate, better 
more functional website, hopefully. Amen. Let's pray about that, that all the improvements for their website will truly be an improvement. Let's pray for that. So give me time, and I will post uh, information on the website, hopefully tomorrow, about these changes. Let's keep in mind the Feast of Tabernacles, the Fiesta of Tabernacles coming up in October. That is not long. It'll be here before we, before we know it. Amen. Just the red half a month of July, August, September, so two and a half months, plus a half month of October, so it's three months away. Three months, and we'll be camping for the fiesta of Tabernacles. So get your tents ready, get your tarps ready, get your plans ready about where you're going to camp, what you're going to do, what you're going to be eating at that time, and whatever decisions and choices that you need to be preparing for and making it any financial plans and stuff like that. Amen. Oh, another thing they're going to do on talk to, but we probably won't use, but something I'm going to keep in the back of my mind for possible future use, maybe, possibility, but we won't use it immediately because I have to think about it. I do not want to jump, okay? Please. Don't jump on stuff. So when you first hear this, try not to jump. (laughs) But they're going to start allowing video live feed on TalkShoe.com, and they will have the ability to not only be live video on TalkShoe.com, but also will be able to, if we wanted to, to semi-cast on YouTube at the same time. So that would be really neat. And like I said, I will keep this in the back of my mind. But the reason I don't want to jump on it is because of the Internet capability of how fast our Internet is, how strong our connection is. It would have to be tested. It would have to be, I would have to read about it and, 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 and see if it's really functional for us and so forth. And plus, I don't really like the idea of having my face publicized because anytime you have your face on the Internet, it is automatic capture of face, what they call it, face recognition. So I don't like the idea of face recognition because anytime it's proven, anytime you have your face anywhere on the Internet, especially YouTube, that your face is recorded every every centimeter, every millimeter, whichever is the smallest one, of your your pupils, of your cheeks, of your bone structure, of your eyes, of your forehead, of your entire face, your lips, your nose, your outline of your nose outside, uh, outline of your lips, everything is recorded to the government and is put in a database. Now, I'm not hiding from the government. I'm not hiding from anyone. I'm not breaking the laws of man. I have nothing to fear in that area. But at the same time, I don't like it. And it could be used against us in the tribulation. Because the Russians, the Chinese, the communists, and the Muslims can get hold of that information, which they are constantly stealing the uh, 
uh, information from the American government computers constantly. Get that information and use it against us in the tribulation to hunt us down and, and different things. So there's, you've got to think about stuff long term. You can't just jump on everything. You've got to think long term. Now, with that said, we might to do something with that to block out my face or do a blurriness or a backdrop to see something else, to see the wall and not me. But then, I mean, if you're going to see the wall and not me, why not just do audio and not video? Or we could do the chalkboard, and that's a good idea. We could cut the video on on uh, the dry erase board here, and if I write stuff on the board, you can see my fingers, you can see me writing on the wall, you know, uh, and so you can see that. Now, that's a good idea. So we'll think about that, and we'll consider that, and uh, have to beat up on it and see how to do it and whether it's something feasible or not. But that's a good idea. All right, so I'm tired. I've run my mouth enough. Thank you for your forbearance and long-suffering with me. And uh, I appreciate your understanding. Amen. You might not really understand, but I appreciate your forbearance at, at the very least. So uh, a special shout-out to my brother, AJ, and I uh, appreciate you, AJ, for the work you continue to do to upload the sermons to SoundCloud. And people are clicking on it on SoundCloud and, and hopefully listening and clicking like on it and so forth. And I believe Nicholas uses that uh, to listen to services, I hope. And uh, keep meekness in prayer uh, that he will pass his driver's license test and get all that done and over with before August the 8th, I think he said. Um, pray for um, Seth in Ethiopia, that he will repent of Christmas and Easter. Uh, let's never say that someone won't repent. Let's give them an opportunity and pray that he will repent. And um, pray for Nicholas. He's sick right now some kind of information with his stomach. I have no idea what kind of information, some kind of inflammation in his stomach. And he's sick, been sick for about three weeks, I think he said. And school starts there, something like I think he said Tuesday. So pray that he will be healed, that he be well enough to start school, that is his will, that that's what he wants. Pray for Brother Jonathan in prison. I don't understand why people can't keep up with our brothers and sisters. If they are our brothers and sisters, don't you know your brothers and sisters' names? Johnny was this fellowship long time ago. Johnny is gone. Forget about him. He's gone. Jonathan. Jonathan. He is our brother, faithful and true in prison. Please pray for Jonathan. Amen. Pray for my friend, Marshall, that needs deliverance and salvation. Pray for Marshall. Pray for all of our brothers and sisters. And pray for 
an increase in the ministry around the world. Amen. Pray for Brother Michael as he helps me to reformat the website. A very important work. Please pray for this project. Lots to pray about. So I can't understand why anybody would not spend two and a half hours a day praying or reading the Bible, worshiping God, and working for God. Easy. Easy. There's so much to pray about. This ain't no 10-second prayer. Amen. So much to pray about. Pray for the services next week. Pray throughout the week for the sermon, for divine providence, protection, for healing, for help. So many things to pray about. Thank you for listening today. And until next time, may Jesus bless you in amazing ways. All of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I bend down, trying to turn off the phone, hope I can get back up.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.